Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, June 3rd, 2019 edition of Invest Talk. I am Justin Klein, and I thank you for joining me on this beautiful Monday afternoon. And I hope you will call me with your investing questions during this hour because this is a conversation. This is a conversation about your money, about your financial future, and ultimately your financial freedom. And your questions each and every weekday shape our show to your liking and help us better prepare you for your own version of financial freedom. Now, we do this each and every weekday with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So we try to bring you along each and every day, one step at a time. Okay, and that's what I'm gonna do during this hour is to help you take that next step, whatever that is. And if you call in at our anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART, then I'll probably be able to help you specifically take an even bigger step, okay? Now, my main talking point today concerns this opinion from Nobel Prize winning economists, and it is that the market is overreacting to the trade war drama. This is coming from Yale economist, uh, economics professor Robert Schiller. He's famous for the Schiller P.E. ratio. You've probably heard that, which is uh, also called the cyclically adjusted P.E. ratio. So the CAPE ratio, that's another uh, way to say it. And that comes from Robert Schiller. And he blames an overreaction to the drama surrounding the negotiations of the trade war. And the big question is, is he correct? So we'll look at that story. I also have some other things on my mind as well. We're clearly going to touch on the antitrust probe on all of the uh, all of the big tech companies uh, that were down big today so we're going to touch on that and then we're going to get to is the trade war going to trigger a recession and if so how soon will that be and then lastly health shocks uh, in retirement what is what are the what does the data say and will health expense shocks affect you in particular in your retirement years. And I think that's uh, to look at some precedent, look at what other people have experienced in retirement when it comes to health shocks, you know, thinking of high priced uh, procedures, uh, you're thinking, you know, if you get cancer or, you know, medical emergency, whatever that is, open heart surgery, things like that, that can really change the budget of a retirement year. So we're going to touch on that as well. So those are the things that are on my mind, but ultimately, I want to hear from you. I want to know what is, what's, what kind of questions have you have crossed your mind when it comes to the market, the economy, a specific stock, a sector, an asset class in general. You know, real estate, commodities, stocks, bonds, foreign currency, Bitcoin. 
All of these are on the docket to talk about today if you want to talk about them. So that's what's on my mind, and I want to hear what's on your mind. Now let's talk about the market today. We had a decidedly down day, especially in tech stocks, especially in tech stocks. Obviously, that was driven by the antitrust probe for many of the large names, and you saw the likes of Google and Facebook down big, even Apple had a spike down, although that didn't really close down much. But overall, the tech industry really got hammered today. Now, the S&P closed slightly higher, so that's a positive, and small caps as well after a small rally to close the, the day. And, you know, and, the, and the indexes are oversold, but we have not seen a spike in the VIX. There hasn't really been panic, right? Because we're not near the December lows yet. And I think that's what it's going to take for us to see panic. And I think that likely will come at some point this year. So we're going to keep an eye on this. You know, I've said that this uh, recent rally from beginning of the year, or I guess the end of last year, wasn't very healthy. Didn't seem like it was long lasting and there was too many overhangs in the economy and the market that will likely bring bring it down to earth. Now the question is how far is the ground, right? How are we only a few percent from the ground or maybe we're 10, 20, 30% from the ground? Well, that's soon to, 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 we'll find that out probably uh, sooner rather than later, but uh, it's certainly a, a market that is filled with risks, filled with problems and overhangs that are going to, I think, cap gains for the foreseeable future. So that's kind of what's on my mind. That's what the market is thinking about today, but ultimately I want to hear from you. So let's grab a question from our anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. This is Lorraine from Lowell. I have a question about federal insurance in brokerage accounts. I have an IRA and a Roth and I think that they are SIPC insured, and what is the limit on it? Also, can you recommend a couple of online brokerages to check into? I have TD Ameritrade, and I'm not happy with them. I'm looking for another brokerage. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. He, she's she's wondering about SIPC insurance, and it's about five, it's $500,000 per account, which includes 250,000 limit for cash in particular. So uh, it's very similar to your FIDC insurance, um, but most major, uh, pretty much every major brokerage firm out there has SIPC insurance and is part of the SIPC system and pays into it and all that. Uh, now we use TD Ameritrade, we like TD Ameritrade, we don't get a lot of complaints, so I'm interested to, to that, that you say that. Um, you know, Fidelity, uh, I think, would be probably second on my list if I'm not using TD Ameritrade. So that's just uh, that's just my two cents. There's obviously cheaper ones. Interactive Brokers is probably cheaper, but you're going to get less service, less technology. The website's not quite as good, but you're going to get cheap trade. So it depends on what your goals are, right? Depends on what you are going to use it for. Do you just want the cheapest trades? Do you want the best research? Do you want the nicest website? Do you want the best uh, UI? You want, what, what do you want? You want the best app for your phone? So you got to do kind of research there, but most of the, all the major brokerage companies are going to be SIPC insured. So I hope that helps. And for everyone out there, you should always have an account that is SIPC insured. 
Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I want you to be aware of a very special upcoming financial event. It's going to be in Southern California this time. I know a lot of our events are up in Northern California because that's where our radio station is. But our office is in Southern California, and uh, we all live in Southern California. So I'm taking, I'm talking about the KPP Financial Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's set for Saturday, June 22nd. That's just a about two and a half weeks away. And that's going to be in Irvine, California, in Orange County. It's less than three weeks. Like I said, it's our wealth conference. Steve and I will help you understand the current volatile markets and global economic environment. Also, how do you boost your income and manage your investment risk through this coming recession? And finally, we'll define ways for you to find great opportunities in any market environment. So please make plans to join us on June 22nd from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. in Irvine, California. To learn more and purchase tickets, go to investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and we're glad you're with us today for one hour of financial news and perspective. And your decision-making process can benefit from this practical and unbiased advice, especially if you consult with Steve or Justin. Step up now with your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. We have about uh, 40 minutes left in the show, so I urge you all to call in sooner rather than later. Now, we are into June. This is the first trading day of June. That means the first half of the year is almost over. We only have a month left, and we're through the second quarter. Pretty crazy, and May was a rough month for the market, and June started off kind of similar. Now, we obviously have trade issues with the likes of China and Mexico, and that is hitting risk assets overall. But some assets start doing fairly well. Gold, for example, is now above the $1,300 an ounce target. Oil was up a little bit today, even though uh, it's been recently weak, and this is uh, going back to the fact that the dollar is now weak. The, the 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 markets or the treasury markets are now pricing in, I think it's about a 80 to 90% probability of a cut in rates in, the, I think it's the September or October meeting, I forget exactly which one it is, but the end of the third quarter meeting. So that wouldn't shock me, to be honest with you. And that's why you're seeing the dollar being weak, because markets had expected that the next move would be probably higher about maybe six months ago, seven months ago. And now the move is saying, or the market's saying, that the next move is going to be down, which isn't shocking. You know, we've always said once the Fed pauses its Fed rate hiking cycle, typically its next move is lower. Now, Bitcoin has surged back as well. 
And the big question is that market manipulation, because uh, obviously we know those markets can be manipulated pretty easily. Or is this something where Bitcoin has staying power? I'll still, I still don't believe it, but you know, it's a nice bounce back rally from around four or five thousand uh, just recently. Now the ten-year yield is at two point one one percent. And hey, if you're thinking about refinancing your mortgage, now this is time to start thinking about it because rates are near historical lows, right? We're uh, back probably going to get below the 2% rate on the 10-year treasury fairly soon. And that's something to understand that the bond market, which is typically the smartest market, is pricing in a much weaker economy going forward. And if you look at the ISM manufacturing PMI index that just came out, for May it was at 52.1. That was down from 52.8 in April. And it's lowest reading since October 2016. Now, up it's above 50, so it's still expanding. But that trend continues to go lower, trend downward. So that's not a positive. Now, we obviously had Google and Amazon trading much, much lower. Google was down about 5%. And this is uh, really around antitrust. Around Google's 90% market share in search and globally. You know, here at US and globally. And obviously, Amazon's domination of the online Marketplace, over 50% of online sales come from Amazon. Now, should the government doing this? I'm not one to tell you whether they should or they shouldn't, but the simple fact is they are. And, you know, this administration has talked a lot about being pro-business, but it sounds like they're only pro-manufacturing business, not technology business. And part of that could be because of the left-leaning nature of Silicon Valley, I think that's possible. And the big question is, can Google or Amazon, and even Apple now, which has been attacked as well, can they withstand this until Trump is out of office, whether that's two years from now or six years from now? This is Talk, and we have started the first trading week of June. And for many of you, it may seem like time is racing and you might feel the urgent need to get your portfolio in shape now. Clearly, with this volatility, you're probably not alone. And at Invest Talk and KPP Financial, we want to help you reach those goals of financial freedom. And so feel free to contact myself or Steve at our Irvine, California office, and we can do a full portfolio review. Give me a call at 888 99Chart. Welcome to June, and you've got a portfolio to protect, right? This means you need the unbiased guidance heard right here on Invest Talk. So this is your chance to be part of the process. Step up now with your finance and investment questions. Justin Klein is here and he's ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to John in Tracy, California. He's looking at Cell Science Corporation, correct? Yeah, it's uh, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, that's right. Okay, and this is a biotech company, very small, 111 million dollar market cap. Last quarter they did 
$200,000 in sales, so not a whole lot. And they're losing money. They've never made money, and which is common for most biotech companies, uh, until they hit it big. Now, the big question is, are they going to hit it big? What do you know about the development of their drugs and whether they're going to hit it big? Hey, see, I don't know that much about it. Uh, the guys at work have been talking about it, and, we're, and, and I was interested in knowing your opinion. Well... I have to know about the drugs I, and, and the efficacy of it. Um, you know, they're probably going yeah. through phase three trials, yeah. et cetera. And, you know, it's one of those things where this is a, a, a small biotech company and this is like playing roulette, right? Uh, now, if you have a science background, a medical background, and you could analyze the efficacy of the drug and why it may or may not work, you might have an edge here. Uh, are you in the medical field, John? I'm not. I'm not. You're not. Okay. Um, then I'm assuming your 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 fellow colleagues are not either. That's right. That's right. Okay. And so they're, what? They're kind of gambling on what are this. they going off of? Why do they think it's going to do well? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it is gambling. So I don't, I don't know enough about it. I can't sit here and tell you that this is going to hit it big or not. Now, what I can tell you is the chart is looking a lot better than it has been in the, in the recent past. Um, that except for the last you know few few weeks or so, where stock has hit from going from 847 down to 377, and that's just showing the type of volatility you can expect in a name like this in a small biotech firm whose you know prices or value has been cut in half in a matter of weeks so it's extremely high risk extremely volatile and i and i don't think you have any clue whether their drugs are going to get approved or even be effective in the marketplace and sell in the marketplace okay so if you want to throw 0.1 0.2% of your portfolio in something like this, fine, but be prepared to lose every cent because nine out of 10 of these eventually go bankrupt. Does that make sense, John? That makes a lot of sense. Thank you, Justin. No problem, John. Let's go to Kent in Texas. He's looking at CVS pharmacies, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering yeah, about I'm that wondering in general. That. When you see a company double its enterprise value and take on the massive amount of debt that they took on with that, now, do you regard, how do you regard that, Justin? It's kind of like AT&T taking on Warner Brothers and, and companies uh, that are massive companies taking on massive debt. Is that less of a concern when they're that big a company as, as opposed to something smaller? Something smaller? No, I, I don't think it's less of a concern. I think it's more about the strategy behind it and what market are they entering. On the AT&T side, right, they're entering the media market. They're trying to buy content, create content. And what do you think of the strategy around that? Where CVS, they're going from being a pharmacy benefit company as well as a, a retailer to a healthcare company. Uh, and becoming more diversified in that way. And do you like that exposure there? Uh, now, the I think there's a lot of potential headwinds for the likes of CVS and that strategy than there is for the likes of like AT&T. 
So I'm, I like AT&T strategy better than CVS's strategy, uh, but I do think CVS is oversold. I think it's a decent value here, but long-term, if there is more crackdown on uh, drug companies, on healthcare companies, et cetera, from Congress, that's going to be a big problem for this strategy that CVS has. Now, if they can manage their way through it and there's not a big change in the healthcare industry from the higher ups in government, then I think CVS will ride through it, start paying down that debt, and the positive cash flow will be just fine. But it's not something that is guaranteed. So I wouldn't say it's less risky at all, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, it's just, a, you have to understand the strategy and it is important for them to be successful with that integration and start to pay down debt long term. That makes sense, Kent? What about uh, fluctuations in interest rates? They're in a, in a great position with interest rates to finance it now, but suppose that in three years jumps up to 4% instead of uh, 2% on the bonds that they're you know, carrying. How will that affect them? What? Well, I would have to look at their their maturity schedule, right? Because they're going to have bonds with different maturity levels, and uh, that may they may mature in the next three or four years, or they might mature in twenty or thirty years. I, I haven't looked at their maturity schedule, so that's important to look at as well. But that certainly is a concern. Uh, and if their revenues or their profits turn down because of economic downturn or regulatory scrutiny and changes from Washington, that certainly will put pressure on their ability to service that debt. So it's absolutely something you should be looking at, something you should be concerned of. Doesn't mean you dismiss it out of hand, but it's, uh, it's part of the full analysis. Great call, Kent. I love what you're thinking about, love what you're looking at. Now, tomorrow on Invest Talk, the ongoing trade dispute with China has already taken the markets down. You may call 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and if you live anywhere in Southern California, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein encourage you to make plans to attend KPP Financial's Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's happening on Saturday, June 22nd in Irvine, California. By harnessing the power of income compounding, retirees and investors of all kinds can improve their chances of living a life of financial freedom. At the conference, Steve and Justin will help you understand the current volatile market and global economic environment. They'll give you a plan to boost income and manage investment risk. And they'll define ways to find great opportunities in any market environment. The Summer Invest Talk Wealth Conference is an investor learning opportunity that you should not miss. I'm Steve Peasley. I invite you to attend our next Invest Talk Wealth Conference, Saturday, June 22nd. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Frank in San Mateo. He's uh, asking about the market in general. Uh, no, Justin. Uh, if, if you'd like to comment, uh, I was listening to an interview by Consuelo Mack of, of David Drew of T. Rowe Price. And the topic, if you 
if you'd like to comment on it, was about their uh, circular risk uh, of the market. And, uh, and of course, he says it's not cyclical. It's a change or challenge, and it's going to affect their business model. And he's identified 30% of the S&P 500 in the next few years that will be coming under this structural risk. And I was wondering if you, you'd like to comment on it. And he said the multiple compression will occur before the multiple compression will occur before the diminution of, of revenue and margins. And I was wondering uh, what do I look for in multiple compression if uh, if this comes true? I was wondering if you'd like to comment on that. Sure. Now, multiple compression, multiple compression simply means that the average P ratio or sales ratio, whatever ratio or multiple you want to you want to uh, look at, uh, simply comes down to a lower level. Now, markets can go up uh, in multiple ways, right? You can have earnings go up, and if stocks trade at the same, say, multiples, then it's going to go up the same amount of the earnings increase. Now, if earnings go up, but the say 10%, but the market goes up 20%, then you have a multiple expansion, right? Because companies and stocks are trading at a higher multiple in relation to earnings. Yeah, earnings are higher, but the multiples are now even higher than that. So, and that's typical of when interest rates go down. Right, and I've talked uh, about this for a while. It's uh, it's about discounted cash flow methods and different ways you can value stocks. But the lower interest rates are, the higher value earnings in the future tend to be. Now, when interest rates are higher or risk off sentiment happens and growth slows, suddenly multiples come down back to earth and maybe towards the longer term average or even below longer term averages, especially if you go into a recessionary environment. So I agree, we've had multiple expansion basically throughout this last 10 or 11 year period because of the suppression of interest rates for so long. And we're kind of near or at that lower bound level. So this is really what should be expected, right? We're at near at or near the limits of multiple expansion uh, that we've seen over the past uh, called called uh, decade. So I agree that there is going to be some mean reversion. Markets are mean reverting, and mean reverting means eventually, you know, it's like a pendulum. Okay, markets are like a pendulum. They swing from fear to greed, and it's rarely ever right in that middle. Right? You look at a pendulum; it's constantly moving. Now the big question is, we're very close, if not already gotten to that apex on one side, the, the bullish side, the, the greed side. And the big question is, have we started to swing back or maybe we have a little bit more to swing forward? But there's a lot left to go back to that mean and then eventually, most likely, into a recessionary or fear-based market, okay? And we're clearly not there yet. So, and when you go from one side of the pendulum of bullishness and greed to bearishness and fear, you have multiple compression. 
And so I agree, there will be likely be multiple compression, and that a lot of times happens, like I said, in, in recessionary environments or simply slowing growth environments to where companies, especially the big growth names, were, were, were growing maybe 50, 60, 100%. Now they're only growing maybe 10, 20, 30%. That creates multiple compression. So you have higher interest rates with the Fed, even though interest rates have come down recently, and you have slowing growth in companies and the economy, and both of those factors create multiple compression. Thanks for the call, Frank. Now, my main talking point today concerns the opinion of Nobel Prize winning economist, and his name is Robert Schiller. And what he says is that this U.S.-China trade war is creating market jolts, as we all know, but he thinks it's political theater. And he calls it a human interest story, which bleeds over into markets. Now, I like Robert Schiller. I think he's one of the best commentators on the markets uh, that you see on you know, the CNBCs and Bloombergs of the world. You know, I don't love everything he says, just like I don't love everything anybody else says, just like you probably don't love everything I say. But I do agree with him that this volatility that has been stirred up will likely continue for months. And I've said this for a little while now, is both China and the United States are in economic war to some degree. This is a, it's a trade war, and it's really an economic war. And it's not just about trade, it's about intellectual property, it's about power within the global order. And this really starts with China's 2025 initiative that was announced, uh, I believe it was 2015. And there's two instances, or two strategic initiatives that were developed for this plan. And I think both of them carry risks to the United States from an economic perspective. Now, the first is the fact that if you want to do business in China, you have to partner with a Chinese company for 51% interest. So the Chinese company has control of that entity that, say, a United States company would go in there and partner with them to do business within China. Number two, they've instructed their companies, especially the technology companies within, the, within China, think Huawei, to go out and purchase companies throughout the world in order to basically steal their intellectual property. Not steal because they're buying it, but acquire their intellectual property so they can learn how the United States, Germany, Japan, other companies throughout the world are doing business, building products, building innovative products. And China wants to own that property, own that intellectual property. Okay, so this is, to me, the, these two aspects of China 2025 20, are what is driving this trade war. 
And China's been stealing intellectual property for a long time, and not to say we don't do that. Don't think we're innocent in this uh, in this arena as well. But this is a more formalized plan, the China 2025, and that's really what has driven this trade war. Now, should you should the the administration be uh, and creating tariffs to fight China? Well. You could argue that, but you could also argue you want something like TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which involved almost every Eastern Asian uh, country, except for China, and it would have strengthened the trade ties with those countries and in relation weakened China. And I think that would have been a better plan. That's probably what I would have done. But the big question is, should how long will this last? How long will this trade war last? And will it push us into a recession? Which I'll talk about in a little bit. But I do think this is a lot of noise in the near term because I think both sides want a deal. And the big question is, which side wants a deal more? Now, I argue that China in the near term will be hurt more by this than the United States. But they have a long-term vision in a command control economy. So unless they're up against some sort of Tiananmen Square type of uprising, which I don't think they are because of the advances the country has made over the past 20 years or so, I think they're going to withstand the storm and just wait until Trump, uh, they hope, is probably out of office. So this is a lot of noise, but it can create a lot of risk-off sentiment in the near term. And there's a lot of crowded trades, like the major indexes overall. And I think that is the bigger risk, is that it just starts to trigger fear, trigger a flight to safety. And it already has to some degree, and how intense that will be and how long that will last for, I think will really tell whether this is a short-term blip or will push us into an ultimate recession. Now, I'm Justin Klein, and you are listening to Talk. So I think it's safe to assume that you are serious about investing because you're listening to Talk and you want to grow your wealth, right? That's fine. But of course, you make your investment choices. There will always be a bit of fear that creeps into your judgment process and the perception of risk. And my advice for dealing with this reality is to define your investment comfort zone. And at KP Financial, we help you do this anytime you are ready. You can use our free online tool at investtalk.com. It is a riskalyzed questionnaire. You can check it out. You can quickly calibrate your risk tolerance. And then we can help you figure out whether you're taking too much risk, not enough risk, what type of risk you're taking. But for now, I'm ready to take your questions. We have about ooh, 10 minutes left in the show. So if you're going to call, you should do it right now at 888-99-CHART. Managing multiple mutual funds, researching professional services, where to put your savings. If it's about money and if it's important to you, we want to know more about it. We're here for you. 888-99-CHART is how to reach Steve or Justin right now on InvestTalk. Hello, Steve and Justin. I was wondering if you could take a look at Zebra Technologies, Z-B-R-A. It's a company I've had on my watch list and it's pulled back from its highs. I'm familiar with the company. I work in manufacturing warehouse setting and 
we used to have a hundred people doing work, and now we have a bunch of these zebra printers and scanners and barcode readers, and, and we're down to about five of us now. And all we're really there to do is to fill the labels and line up photo eyes and whatnot. I was just seeing if you think this is a company that has a future and if it's worth investing in. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right, he's looking at Zebra Technologies. They make direct thermal and thermal transfer printers, RFID encoders, uh, and sublimation card printers. So they're uh, an RFID company, and I've been hearing about RFID for a long time, and it's finally caught caught on kind of more mainstream over the past five years or so. Think of your credit cards, have those uh, chip readers in them. Uh, that's what Apple Pay uses when you when you swipe your phone over the reader that's using radio frequency identification devices. So uh, that is what Zebra seems to do here. And they've been increasing earnings dramatically. Very, very strong from $2.59 back in 2012. And next year, they're supposed to make $13.62. So a strong grower. Earnings have started, or earnings growth and sales growth has started to slow. Uh, we were in the mid-teens, uh, late to mid, mid to late last year. Now, last quarter, revenue was only up 9%. Earnings were only up 14% versus about a year ago is in the 60 to 80% range. So you have likely multiple compression happening here. It's 52-week high was $237, and now we're about 30% below that at $167. So we've come down, but the big question is, has it come down enough? Has it come down enough? And from a valuation perspective, it's actually relatively cheap here. At 13.3 enterprise value to EBITDA, very little debt, I like that. Positive free cash flow, those things look good for me. So I like the name return on equity, very high, 30 35%. That's a strong, strong number. And, you know, they've been paying down debt. Let me look at their share issuance here. Shares, here we go. Uh, they're issuing a little more shares, not buying back shares, but nothing too bad. Uh, I like this name. I, I like it. Now, the big question is, is, is it time to buy it yet? That's the tough, tougher question because clearly with the trade war and, uh, the likely economy slowing, well, people are going to be buying less of their products. But long term, I like the name. I like what you said. You know, you used to have hundreds of people. Now you have five. Uh, so this is a type of name that long term, it's probably under the radar. I haven't heard of it, but now I'm going to look into it because I like where it's at. Uh, so long term, I like it. But in the near term, it's likely going to sell off more if the trade war continues to heat up, which I expect. So great call. I love what you're looking at. And I love the fact that you're looking at your daily job and saying, hey, it might take my job eventually, but you got to look at investing in that type of company uh, that makes other companies a lot more efficient. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And we have one goal here, and that is to help you achieve your version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. We're going into the last segment. So get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, the ongoing trade dispute with China has already shaken the markets. And now China's ex-bank chief says it could trigger a global financial crisis. That story tomorrow. But now, Justin is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 
Call 888-99-CHART. Yes, my name is Jeff, calling from Iowa. I really appreciate you guys' show. I have a quick question about Cummings, C-M-I. I just want to see what you guys thought about him at this level. I'm considering doing a uh, 32-day cash-secured put in the money at 160 Looks like the premium's about $5. wanted to think what, uh, what you guys think about that strategy to go ahead and just uh, sell a cash-secured put that's just barely in the money there. Uh, again, thank you for your information. All right, bye. All right, looking at Cummins engines. This is manufactures diesel and natural gas engines, electric power generation systems, and engine-related products. So they're a diesel engine maker for the most part. Long-term, they've had pretty good, solid cash flows, uh, but as of late, you know their their business is starting to slow. You had revenue up eight percent year over year last quarter, and year and a half, two years ago, that was in the low twenty percent. Uh, range now earnings are up 82% year over year, but obviously earnings can be a little manipulated. Now earnings are supposed to expect to to increase 23% this year, but then go down 9% next year. So uh, you're you're seeing kind of an end to this growth story expected for the near future, and that's likely to get worse. You know, mo- the longer time frame, the farther out a an earnings expectation is. Typically, it's overly bullish. Uh, and so I expect that to come down. You obviously had diesel gate you had the, with, with Audi, etc. And the, you know, the diesel industry is kind of on its back foot recently. But Cummins is the largest and their profitability remains relatively strong. I don't like this mainly because of the economic cycle, right? And the fact that this had a high back when the overall markets had a high in January of last year. And even though our domestic markets hit new highs, global markets, global equity indices still remain below that as well as the likes of Cummins, which is a global diversified name, $24 billion market cap. They have business throughout the world. And so it tells me that this is relatively weak and is likely to continue to roll over if the economy continues to slow and maybe go into recession uh, later this year or next year. So I'm not a fan of it. I don't like the cash to secure put idea. I think this likely retests its December lows around the 124 level and now we're at 152. So I rather sell a cash secured put around that 125. Uh, that maybe 130, some, somewhere in that range, uh, that's where I would be selling it and I would go out maybe a little farther. So that was Cummins Engine, C-M-I is the symbol. Now here's an example of where big tech companies like Apple has apparently cited on their own to further divide a revenue-making segment of their business. Now the word is, out of WWDC is that Apple is splitting up iTunes. So instead of it being the central hub for music and apps and uh, photos, you're going to split that up now on your Mac. A lot more like your iOS device where you have a separate, separate podcast app and, I, and, and uh, iTunes app, photo app, etc. So you're going to have music, TV, and podcasts. And it's worth noting that today, Apple Music has 56 million subscribers worldwide. 
and Spotify has 100 million subscribers. So it, it shows you that maybe the iTunes universe is constricting the growth of Apple Music in general. So I think this is a, a smart thing for Apple to do because people want more specialized things, right? You don't want one app that does everything. You want single apps that do it the best. And iTunes, I think, over time has gotten clunkier and really not quite as usable for today's world where everything is related to a specific app on your phone or, in this case, your computer. So I think it's a smart move by Apple. And I think it will be good for them long term when you're thinking about services, growing their service business. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I thank you for your loyal support and questions. So please come back tomorrow. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1 800 557 5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24 hour listener line at 888 99 Chart. 